You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans, and welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. We are so pleased to be a part of this network featuring the great works of fellow Buffalo Rumblings contributors. We have our podcast, Believe. We have Blitzed Bills. We have the Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. We have Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, and The Nick and Nolan Show. As our listeners know, my name is John Boccasino, the longtime host of this podcast since we launched in April of 2018. And we are sitting here with training camp coming up in less than a week at St. John Fisher College as uh, the Believe podcast is getting ready to preview uh, the Buffalo Bills for the 2019 season. Um, my name, of course, being John Boccasino, and I know last week our folks who listened had to deal with a little bit of negativity, which is a rare trait from me here on the podcast. We did a worst case uh, scenarios podcast, which wasn't fun going through all the things that could go wrong, you know, with the Buffalo Bills in the 2019 season. Well, guess what, folks? This week is a positive, optimism-filled podcast. And uh, with that being said, with us having a positive focus on the podcast, what better way to bring in our new co-host of the podcast? Joining us for the very first time, uh, we are very pleased to be bringing on a brand new podcast co-host. Anthony Marino did a great job as our co-host for quite some time, but he is on to bigger and better adventures. And of course, that means there's an opportunity here on Bill Leave. And that means Jamie D'Amico is going to be joining us here as the co-host moving forward. And Jamie, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on board and being a part of the Bill Leave podcast. You know, I couldn't be happier about being here and being brought into the uh, Buffalo Rumblings family. I've been a fan since 1984 when I was brought to my first Buffalo Bills game against the Denver Broncos seeing John Elway in the early days. And uh, looking forward to the season. We've got some uh, some exciting times ahead of us. And thanks for thanks for letting me join you here. Jamie, anytime. It's definitely good to have a new fresh voice out here on the podcast. And we're looking forward to uh, seeing what you can bring to the table as far as, you know, your knowledge and expertise. And obviously, we both go uh, go way back with our Bills fandom. Your first game being 84 and seeing, you know, John Elway and those Broncos before they made their their Super Bowl runs. I haven't gone to a, a Bills game for as that long of a history. I used to go with my dad uh, back in the Super Bowl era. We would go to one preseason game every year and we would try to get lucky and go to a regular season game. I think my very first regular season game I went to was Jim Kelly's final season when they played the uh, New York Jets. That was my first experience of a regular season game, but I've had season tickets for 12 years now. And uh, part of being a season ticket holder is you build yourself up. You psych yourself up as to why this year is going to be special. And now that we got the toxicity out of the way from last week's podcast, 
with all the negativity. And by the way, before we go any further, I do want to say um, we want our fans to subscribe to us uh, by going on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Megaphone. And of course, this will also be hosted on buffalorumblings.com. But with uh, with being said, Jamie, we're going to turn our attention to things to get excited about for the 2019 season, our best case scenario. And of course, the absolute best case scenario is the Buffalo Bills win their first ever Super Bowl. I don't think we want to get that delusional with the Bills Kool-Aid quite yet here on the podcast, but we want to do a bit of a realistic best case scenario, what we think can happen that will propel the Buffalo Bills forward and hopefully to the playoffs for the second time in three years. And Jamie, I think the conversation has to start and stop with Josh Allen, the second year quarterback out of Wyoming, who Bills fans are really excited to see what he can bring to the table this year, his second year under Brian Dable as the offensive coordinator. Let's start there, Jamie. What are you thinking is the best case scenario for how, uh, how Josh Allen fares leading this offense? Well, I, th- I think it begins with, with Ken Dorsey, the new quarterback coach. Um, you know, we had David Culley in the past, and he was not a quarterback coach coming into Buffalo. That was his first experience. He, I believe, was a wide receiver coach leading up to it. I think that the intelligent quarterback mind that Dorsey brings to the table could really help with Allen's development. Now, you know, let's be honest about what Josh Allen is. He is a developmental player. You know, there there were no scouts coming out saying that he was a finished product, you know, when the uh, 2018 draft was coming around. So there's a lot of learning that has to happen. Well, hopefully somebody like Ken Dorsey can can speed up that process. And what I want to see, best case scenario speaking, I really want to see Josh Allen start to process the field a little bit quicker, improve his mechanics, especially his footwork, which will improve his accuracy. I think best case scenario, Josh Allen gets up to being a 60 to 62% completion passer. Thoughts? I think, Jamie, most most Bills fans, I agree, most Bills fans would take that in a heartbeat. That would represent, and I, I want to clear something up about Josh Allen. I know I've been leading the charge on the second half, that six-game stretch that he had when he came back from the elbow injury against the Texans. Uh, and, and he did. He showed flashes of his potential, including that five-touchdown effort in the regular season finale win over the Miami Dolphins. But even during that six-game stretch, he still only completed 52% of his passes, which was better than what he had done over the first uh, portion of the season where he was uh, he was really struggling to hit the open receiver. Uh, he wasn't following the progressions of the routes through their first, second, and third parts of the, the route tree for receivers to get open, but he did make progress. Um, he had eight touchdown passes, seven interceptions total over those six games. We all want to see the turnovers go down. Um, his quarterback rating did go up, and of course he did show his propensity to be a tremendous ball carrier, you know, 54 times for 476 yards and five touchdowns over those final six games. Those are really good numbers, but like we talked about last week on the podcast, we don't want Josh Allen being a run first quarterback. He's got to get more comfortable. Yeah, he's got to get more comfortable in the pocket. He's got to get more comfortable finding his weapons downfield. And Jamie, I feel like, you know, with Josh Allen's development and maturation, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done everything they can to give him, I think, a really a puncher's chance 
to crack maybe not the top 10 of quarterbacks, but definitely get in that top 15 with the weapons that he has around him, the rebuilt offensive line, um, the rebuilt wide receiver room, the talented running backs. Tight ends are a bit of a question mark right now, but how would you say, ideally, when you look at the end of the year, how high do you think Josh Allen can climb in this best-case scenario world quarterback ranking-wise and where he fits into the uh, echelon of quarterbacks? Well, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on him because he's still developing. Uh, This is a guy that wanted or that we wanted to give a solid three years of development to. And, you know, coming from a system like Wyoming, where you didn't have top rate coaching, you didn't have top rate teammates or competition, there's a lot that he has to learn still. What I want to see is him to take incremental steps forward. Now, I think that it would be putting too much pressure on him to expect him to get into the top half of passers. In my opinion, I think if he can end up anywhere from 15 to 20, I I think we're looking at a great season for him because next year we're probably looking at another step up. Maybe he's 10 to 15 the following season. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit cautious here because I think it's awfully easy to try to say, oh, we've got our savior now based on especially the last game of the season against Miami was just a beautiful thing to watch. But when it comes to best case scenarios, uh, once again, I would like to see him run less you know, to get down into the weeds a little bit, maybe reduce the number of rushing attempts by 50% even. Make him rely on his arm a little bit more. Complete the gimme passes. Um, statistics are out there. He was completing around 30% of his throws to underneath routes, which was by far and away the worst in the NFL by, I, I think it was about 50% of what the next closest was. So with those gimmies, Using his arm to uh, get the ball where it needs to be in those tight windows, no matter where it is, I think you're looking for. I, I think you're looking at vast improvement just doing those things. Best case scenario, fifteen to twenty. I think what's important for his development. You're right, and and that stat is mind boggling. Where those open throws, those underneath crossing routes, those little gimmies, where the defense is not going to give up a 30 or 40, 50 yard bomb downfield, but they're saying, Hey, if you want to take the dink and dunk approach, it's there. Well, the bills have the weapons now to finally capitalize on that type of, of playmaker. You know, Calvin Benjamin was never going to be the type of guy who was going to be a underneath safety valve for Josh Allen, but Zay Jones, who he has good rapport with Cole Beasley, who has proven himself to be a really reliable slot receiver, those who are going to be really nice safety blankets and safety valves for Josh Allen over the middle of the field, as will John Brown and Robert Foster. And I cannot stress enough that in this ideal world of best case scenarios, maybe I'm going to be proven wrong because I've been on the Robert Foster bandwagon. Anthony would always give me some some flack over this, but we went. this goes back to last year when I pegged Robert Foster as the undrafted rookie free agent that I thought was going to not only make the roster, but make an instant impact on the Buffalo Bills. Now, the instant part you can remove because he did nothing in the first stint. But once Foster got humbled, he humbled himself and dedicated himself to his craft again. He had such a breakthrough year coming out of nowhere with the three 100-yard receiving games, with the nearly 20 yards per reception that he hauled in, and he just really seemed to flash that chemistry with Josh Allen. I can't wait to see 
what those two can do again on the field moving forward in 2019. I'm not saying Robert Foster is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. I don't think he needs to be with the amount of weapons and the improved weapons that Brian Dable is going to have at his disposal for Josh Allen and with the running backs, you know, and we'll get into the running backs a little bit, but I think it makes sense to focus on the wide receivers here. So I've kind of Jamie spilled the beans a little bit and told you that Robert Foster is my guy who I can't wait to see what he does on offense. I'm predicting that Robert Foster will come down with, let's say 65 receptions. I'll go 825, 840 yards for the season. I'll give him seven to eight touchdown catches uh, off of Josh Allen. He could go higher than that, but I want to taper my expectations for what Foster can do. But I'm really high with one more year under their belt of what the Allen to Foster combination will look like. And that's not, not to take anything away from John Brown and Zay Jones and Cole Beasley. But to me, I feel like we know what Zay Jones is. I feel like we know what Cole Beasley is. The two wild cards are how good John Brown's going to be and how good Robert Foster's going to be in this offense. What do you think about the wide receivers in that best case scenario? I have a little bit of a different perspective on this. I don't know that we have seen what Zay Jones can be quite yet because this being his third year, this is usually the point where wide receivers really begin to make their mark. We might see the best of Zay Jones. I think best case scenario, he finds his way into being a Stevie Johnson type that may not be a pure number one receiver, but maybe like a 1B type of receiver. Also, I'm very interested in the type of chemistry that Josh Allen is going to form with Cole Beasley. Now, Brian Dable coming from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, they're He's basically installed a dial, which it hasn't so much shown its face in the past season because the Bills haven't really had those re- slot receivers that run the quick crossing routes like the Patriots always seem to have. Now they have that with Cole Beasley. If Josh Allen can hit his receivers in stride underneath, like we were talking about moments ago, I think we're looking at a team that's going to be able to move the chains. I think with Zay Jones, we could be looking at 800, 900 yards. And Cole Beasley, of course, slot receivers don't quite have that same uh, level of production. But at the same time, I think that we could see a guy that gets a, a lot of targets and is great for moving the chains. Yeah, I agree with you on the Cole Beasley part. I think he's motivated. He doesn't, I feel Cole Beasley is one of those guys who you just want that blue chipper, that kid who's going to work his tail off on the seven, eight, nine yard routes underneath. He's going to move the sticks and keep the the offense going. Uh, and he's not someone who's going to have a lot of drops. My only concern with Zay Jones is I loved what he did for the first 75 of last year. Um, his catch percentage went up from 36.5% to nearly 55% in year two. It's still well below what the average is for wide receivers, but it shows that he did make an improvement. But then the drops kind of resurfaced over the final four games of the season. So I, I feel like it's a work in progress. And I think Zay Jones does have um, a high ceiling uh, for the wide receiver room. I, I guess I'm just more excited for overall what the top four are going to produce. And I would love it if Brian Dable comes out first possession, first series of the year with four wide receivers. I just want to see what this offense can do with four wide receivers out there. Not down, not every set, but I like what this unit is, is shaping up to be 
you know, moving forward in the 2019 season. And we'll see what Josh Allen will be able to uh, to do to take advantage of those weapons, of course, to find the weapons, to find the John Browns, to find the Zay Joneses. He's going to need time. He's going to need the offensive line to step up. And you can't say the Bills have not addressed their offensive line. They brought in seven players, six via free agency, and of course, Cody Ford, the mauler out of Oklahoma, who was chosen with pick number 38 in the second round. Now, during the worst case scenario part of the podcast, Jamie, I talked about the gelling and how it's going to take time for these new faces to gel, and there might be some struggles on the offensive line. But Mitch Morris, I have so much confidence in him as the hawk, the anchor of this line. I can't wait to see what Mitch Morris is going to do for stability-wise for this offensive line. I think with him being a stable presence, Deion Dawkins is going to progress and take a step forward. I think that Quinton Spain is going to be an outstanding uh, free agent signing that the Bills had. I think that Cody Ford is going to prove to be one of the most important off-season signings that this Buffalo Bills team had because there were some scouts that said that Cody Ford could have gone towards the tail end of round one. To get him at 38 in the second round, I think could be an absolute steal for this team. Uh, you know, some I heard even saying he could have gone in the late teens in the draft. In fact, uh, many were surprised that he was around in the second uh, second round at, at all. There's another guy that I'm pretty high on, Tyan Secchi, the swing tackle. I live in Washington, D.C. I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of skins games here, and I got to tell you, um, he held his own this past year. There's a lot of film on him against the uh, Texans with Jadavian Clowney keeping him under control for for that entire game, really, from the left tackle position. He was signed, I believe, as a swing tackle, but... I think they're counting on him to push both tackles, both Dawkins and uh, the young man from Oklahoma as much as they possibly can. He may find his way into the starting lineup, which would only create additional depth and maybe even cause a position shuffle. We may see one of these tackles get moved into guard. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but best case scenario, we're seeing not only a line that gels really well, but we're also seeing a lot of competition that's lifting everybody's play. And that's going to be huge where you feel like, you know, with Deion Dawkins, he talked a lot about last year he was out of shape. He was playing, you know, heavier than he wanted to. But another reason for his decline in play increase in penalties was, yeah, the lack of caliber of quality players around him. When you lose an Eric Wood, you lose a Richie Incognito from the offensive line. You lose a Cordy Glenn for what he was worth. The stability cannot be under uh, cannot be overstated how important it is for an offensive line to have continuity and familiarity with each other. I cannot wait to see, Jamie, what happens during training camp, who emerges, what our starting five offensive linemen are going to be out there. And uh, Mitch Morris, I wish him nothing but the best with his health because if he's fully healthy, I, I see great things happening for this offensive line unit here. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. 
so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now, I know, Jamie, we've spent a lot of time talking about the offense. I don't want to forget about the defense and what we can expect best case scenario from the defensive side of things. And Leslie Frazier's defense really, you know, made a name for themselves last year. I feel like they were surprisingly in the top five in the defense and yards allowed in pass defense. Um, you know, the, the running game could use a little bit of shoring up, but uh, the Bills unit really seemed to be a, a pleasant surprise last year in uh, 2018 with what they could accomplish on the field. You lose Kyle Williams, the heart and soul of that defense. But I think with uh, with Ed Oliver, with what the Bills drafted, number nine out of the University of Houston, what he brings to the table is going to really make Bills fans quite excited to see what this defense unit is going to be next year. And, uh, you know, with Jerry Hughes back, with hopefully Trent Murphy uh, healthy and Shaq Lawson motivated to earn that big paycheck with the fifth year option getting turned down. I think there's a lot of options here on the defense for a passing of the torch, so to speak, from the Kyle Williams era to the Ed Oliver era. And I'm very high on what this unit can do if they stay healthy. What are your thoughts on this defensive line? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to health, because that is going to really affect every single unit. When it comes to the defensive line, we're looking at Trent Murphy being fully healthy for the first time in probably, well, about 18 months. Well, no, actually, we're looking at two years that uh, it has been that he was either out or he was working on recovering from his knee injury. So I think on the defensive line, Ed Oliver has a chance to establish himself as the best player in this past year's draft. I know that there's they're saying others are a little bit better, but if he comes out and shows himself to be the next Aaron Donald, well, we've really got something on our hands. Now, again, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him because the scouts have said he's not Aaron Donald. He does not have nearly as refined a technique. It isn't quite the hand fighter or have the strength that Donald has. But that doesn't mean you're a bad player. That just means that you're not uh, some sort of freak as Donald is. Um, but health is going to be a, a, a big part of it because if we have more than one defensive end or defensive tackle get hurt, now we're looking at getting really low into the depth, and I'm not convinced that uh, we have exactly the depth that needs to be there. Harrison Phillips got on the field a bit. He seems to be a strong guy. I'm not convinced that he's going to be a difference maker or really anything more than a depth player. I'd hate to get to the point where we see him starting because he has a lot to prove still. Yeah, I agree. Depth is definitely an issue on the defensive line. I do like the underrated signing of Eli Harold. I think he's got a lot of untapped potential to be a situation pass rusher. Eddie Yarbrough is what he is. He's solid. He's reliable. He's never going to be someone who is going to earn a Pro Bowl honors. But to me, I think the key is, yeah, the health of it. And Star Latule, I don't care what Bills fans say out there. I think Star Latule is underappreciated and undervalued because of what he's able to do as a run clogger and a space filler. And if you can keep everybody healthy and we end the year 
with Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, Star Latule, and either and Trent Murphy or Shaq Lawson seeing significant snaps on the defensive line. This unit is going to be special, I think. They're going to generate more pass rush and more sacks on the quarterback. The team ranked tied for 26th last year in total sacks, which, of course, a big reason for the playoff run in 2017 was the amount of pressure that the defense was able to generate and the amount of turnovers that they created. So if the pass rush and the defensive line stays healthy, it's a very underrated linebacking core. I know the depth is a little bit of a question mark at the linebacker spot, but I love Matt Milano. I love Tremaine Edmonds. I love Zoe Alexander coming back for another year. I think the linebackers are going to be a very solid unit. And don't get me started, Jamie, on how special the secondary is. If Kevin Johnson can step up, or if EJ Gaines reverts back to his form with the Bills and stays healthy, watch out because the back of that secondary with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde is just a special underrated unit that if we get some pass rush from the front four, there's going to be turnovers and there's going to be opportunities for a short field with that defense. The depth in the secondary is absolutely breathtaking for lack of a better term. Um, you know, I and I'm with you on loving Matt Milano. I think this guy is ready for making the Pro Bowl this year. I it, I don't see any way that's not going to happen unless people just aren't paying attention, which that can happen once in a while when you're playing in Buffalo. But it's nice flying under the radar, I think, for a lot of these guys, and they embrace it. And you are 100% right about EJ Gaines and Kevin Johnson. Gaines was excellent when he was here two years ago, and they have only added more depth to the cornerback position. and. As for the safeties, pro bowlers in my book, if not all pros, these guys are probably the best tandem in the league. And if they're staying on the field, they're going to make some great things happen. And that is really where I think the strength of the team is going to come from. I think receivers are going to have a hard time getting open against this defense. And that's going to help the defensive line. They normally say it's reverse of that. The defensive line helps the secondary. Well, I think it's going to go the other way around. Also, you can't say that the defensive staff doesn't know how to scheme coverages. If you go back and look at some of the all 22 footage or even uh, some of the breakdowns that our own Scarecrow has done on defensive scheme, it's absolutely mind boggling the games that they're able to play with the quarterback by disguising their coverages. If they can keep moving forward with that and with these veterans they have, I think they can. We're looking at an elite secondary. You know, Buffalo is one of those teams where we love our defense. We love our guys who are, you know, the enforcers on the defense, the guys who get after the quarterback, the guys like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer who eliminate the downfield threats of your, you know, your top wide receivers. Tredavious White is such a he's going to make a leap forward. He's going to get even better, I feel, than what he did last year. He's going to come down with more interceptions. He's going to be even better as a lockdown number one cornerback. And I agree that I feel like this secondary is going to be scary, scary good, which in a division that only has Tom Brady as a proven quarterback, you know, there's some wins to be had out there by causing turnovers and forcing Ryan Fitzpatrick into turnovers or Josh Rosen into turnovers with Miami. Sam Darnold can be turnover prone with the Jets. So I think that that's going to be really key and look for a big spike in turnovers generated by the secondary as we move forward into the 2019 season. Well, I think, Jamie, that's going to wrap us up here on this best case scenario uh, version of the Buffalo Bills uh, podcast here on Bill Leave. But it feels good to get back to being optimistic and looking at the ways that the Bills will exceed and uh, excel on 2019 uh, with their version of play on the field. I'm not going to pin you down. We're not going to do 
our predictions for the season, but a little teaser and some homework for you. I think next week we'll talk about our week-by-week predictions for how this team is going to fare now that we've done the best case and the worst case. How does that sound by you? That sounds fantastic. I'm uh, really happy about joining you here again, John. Yeah, definitely. It's great to have Jamie here on the podcast. Of course, you can follow all of us on Twitter at Buff rumblings b-u-f-f rumblings you can follow myself at john j-o-h-n boccasino b-o-c-c-a-c-i-n-o and of course you can subscribe to our podcast again on apple podcasts google play iHeartRadio, and everywhere else you go to find your podcast so please subscribe rate and review our believe podcast and join the buffalo rumblings podcast network for my co-host jamie d'amico i'm john boccasino signing off we'll talk more buffalo bills football next week as training camp is finally here more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.